Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. You know, we're back. Last week, too sad. This week, I'm not going to say too happy. It's only Wednesday, that seems like it might be... I feel like if I say right now, this week is too happy, Mike Hussey will fall over into a wood chipper. Okay, I don't want to tempt the universe any further. But yeah, good to be sort of, you know, last week was sad, this week is not. So good times, good times ahead. I'd like to quickly, ever so briefly, if I could just have two minutes of your time, sir, I won't waste it, I swear to God. I'd like to just ever so briefly plug my East Coast tour. It kicks off in two weeks. Wollongong, March 26th. Newcastle, April 1st, Brisbane, April 21, Brisbane added a show, that's Brisbane sold out, two shows, so thank you Brisbane, and then Sydney, May 19 and 20, May 20 has about five tickets left, and Wollongong and Newcastle are about to sell out as well, so if you'd like to come, now is the time to purchase those tickets, and I don't want to speak out of school. Obviously, I'm a biased. Uh, I'm a biased man with a biased opinion when it comes to Billy Darcy's East Coast tour. But I personally think it's going to be pretty good. Okay, I hope that's not too controversial to say, but it's going to be pretty bloody good. So hope to see you there. More cities will be added. Anyway, and do you know what? This is actually I forgot what I'm going to talk about first here, and I just remembered. And now I deserve, when I said this week is too happy, it's not. Because Tuesday night, Monday night, what day is it? Monday night, my mighty Mazda Metro, my, my beautiful steed, my number two, my right-hand man, my automobile broke down yet again. Okay, this thing, I'm like the Tom Brady of breaking down. You know, I'm like, I'm just so used to it now. I know exactly, I just think, stick to your processes, Bill. What's the play to get out of this mess? And this thing's broken down so many times on me. I'm not even like surprised anymore. Like it started, it started making some noises. But do you ever try and diagnose what's wrong with the car while still driving it? (laughs) Because that's what I did. And the results were severe. So I'm coming up this hill. And that's the worst place to be. I'm on a main road. I'm on a three-laner, like an 80 zone, uphill. Okay, that's the worst place to be. Ideally, you want to be in a back street or, you know, downhill. So if you lose all facilities, you can just freaking chuck her in neutral and roll home like a gentleman. But I'm going uphill. And the old girl starts rattling, you know, and not in a good way. And, and it's like, I'm trying to figure out, I'm thinking, what does that sound like? Keep in mind, I don't know anything about cars at all. I only know where the radiator is because I have to frequently top it up with water due to the many holes in it. Okay, but apart from that, I got zero idea about cars, what motivates them, what gets them out of bed in the morning. I personally have no clue. But I'm still, instead of just pulling over like a gentleman, I'm still, so I'm putting my foot on the accelerator, I notice that this rattling noise only occurs when, I'm, when I put my foot on the accelerator. Okay, so the problem 
is the driving part, which is quite alarming, okay? If I was taking my foot off the accelerator and it started rattling, that's probably just your keys. You know, that's probably just your keys knocking your knees or something. But rattling while accelerating, that's that's unfortunate, okay? Because like I said, I'm halfway up a hill, so accelerating is on the agenda. I can't help anyone that doesn't want to accelerate at this time. So I just keep, you know, I just think, fuck it. I'm, I'm like five minutes from home. So I just think, whatever, we'll just sort of deal with this at a later date. You know, I put off assignments and I put off helping my friends. The Mazda Metro needed me and I did not answer the call. Anyway, so about 75 meters up the road, I, the car just completely shuts down. Almost poetically, I just ever so easily roll to the top of the hill. So I did make it to the top, but I'm at this huge intersection. I'm turning right. I mean, there's two lanes turning right, and I'm in the furthest right lane. And here's the thing, dude. It's stressful when you pull over. I have a routine now. Like I said, I'm quite used to it. I chuck the hazards on, and I call my mum, and we have a 10-minute discussion about whether or not I do, in fact, have NRMA. Because I usually break down about once a year, and I can never remember, you know? It's just one of those things. I don't know my membership number. Then mum's on the iPad. She's like, all right, just give me a second. I'm thinking, babe, I'm not going anywhere, okay? But please, show some haste, all right? She's like, the Wi-Fi is a little spotty at the moment. I'm like, mum, go and get my sister. We need someone to action this a little quicker. But so mum's working out my NRMA password. I got the hazards on. And here's the thing. I'm fine with breaking down now. I've broken down in the middle of the Harbour Bridge during peak hour, Okay. I've fucking, I've seen stress, mate, okay? I've done, I've done comedy to 11 people in fucking Tamworth, brother. I'm not familiar to a little bit of pressure, a little bit of stress, okay? Put me in the oven, you know? Cook me, all right? I'm, I can handle the heat. But the problem with, the thing is, I'm not stressed, but other people stress you out because they hassle you so much. As soon as I put on the hazards, this guy right behind me, like, you can see I'm trying to turn the car on. This guy just on the horn, just beeping. Just beeping the shit out of me. And it's like, I, what do you think hazard lights signify? Do you think I've just pulled over and I'm climbing into a bit of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire on my Kindle? What do you think, I'm taking a conference call, brother? Yeah, sorry, it's 4pm in Brazil. We're doing a little bit of business at this intersection. I'm obviously broken down. What do people think? Do they think it's fucking a, a, a little, we're going to have a bit of a disco, everyone put your hazards on until the light goes green, and let's, let's fucking have a boogie. I've, look at my car, it's about 75 years old, it's still got, it's still got those weird rubber tyres, you know? When I hit my horn, it sounds like, you know? The car's old as fuck, and I've got my hazards on, brother, okay? I've broken down. So people are just harassing me, you know, finger on the way past, the whole thing. Sweet, let's kick a local... You know, let's kick a, a local human, which we all are, might I add. Let's kick him while he's down. But anyway, long story short, I was on the phone to mum for about 10 minutes. And uh, then I'm just absolutely giving it to the old girl, trying to turn her over. Bam, she turns over. And I was able to get it to a local service station, at which point filled it up with water, bought some coolant, didn't know where to put it. Job done. Got the car home. The old girl's out of commission. And I got to say, 
I don't know if she's coming back from this one. She's registered till August. Come on, the Mazda Metro. Just get till August, babe, okay? Come on. So that's, yeah, that's been the drama of the week. Um, you know, when you have a car as old as mine and you don't service it, what can I say? I'm such an abusive partner with my car because every year I think is my last year with the Mazda Metro. It's a year 2000 Mazda Metro. And every year I think this is my last year. I've had it since I was 20. And I always think, yeah, this year, next year, I'll have enough money to buy a new car. And then also, I, in my mind, if you ask me what I'm doing next year, I will always just say probably I'm famous by then. I always think I'm blowing up in the next year. So when, I, when it's time to service the old girl, I think, <laughs> service the Mazda Metro. I'll be getting around in a Benz next year, dude. I don't even like cars. I just buy one to piss off blokes who do. So I never take proper care of her because I always think, oh, this is the last, I'm not going to need this car anymore. You know, about to fucking blow the fuck up. But each and every year we find ourselves back here with the hazard lights on once again. Oh, God. So anyway, that's what I've been up to. Let's crack into the yarns for the week. So, oh, firstly, I just want to talk briefly about something. I nailed a 4 and 20 pie on the weekend, right? Saturday night. I'm on the way to some gigs. And, dude, this is my Saturdays when I gig in the city. What I'm living La Vida Loca like we've not seen before. I go to the pub in the afternoon, meet some of my mates, have like two... Maybe three schooners there, depending on time. Then I go get the ferry from Manly into the city, go do a couple of shows in the city. Then I come back to Manly and continue getting on the source with said friends. Now, that's, that's a great night because, yeah, I'm having fun, but I'm also being productive. You know, I'm working, I'm, I'm on the piss. I mean, it's just, it's great times. It's great times and great classic hits. But anyway, so I'm on the way to this gig all the trains are out in Sydney because, like, I think there's just tsunamis running around under the city still from all the rain. And so I nail a four and twenty pie. And dude, I don't want to sort of carry on too much here, but a four and twenty pies getting the credit they deserve because when you think about it, it's the only brand of pie to uh, to sort of make the crossover from freezer to servo. You know. It's the only one. Well, name me another pie that you'll find in the servo that's also in your local Woolies. No one's doing that sort of stuff, okay? That's like, that's like you know, when David Warner crossed over to Test Cricket. Everyone laughed at him, mate. Everyone laughed. But nobody's laughing now. And I thought, fuck, this is just, it's something we've not seen before. You know, you see Mrs. Max, you'll see them at a servo halfway to Mullumbimby. But you go to Woolies... You're not going to see Mrs. Max Pies in the freezer, okay? She hasn't made that jump yet. And it's very, you know, it's, it's very interesting. But anyway, I don't want to go in on the whole pie thing for too long. But the thing was, so I nailed this for dinner and it was just the perfect dinner because Saturday night dinners is just, it's not a meal, it's an obstacle, isn't it really? Saturday night dinners, because... Here's what you do on Saturday. You wake up at freaking 9.30, 10, like it's nobody's business. You eat at 1 p.m. And then you just want to have like the smallest amount of food possible to continue drinking without a genuine situation occurring. 
okay? You know when you're on the piss and you just feel maybe six, six beers in or whatever, you just think, fuck, that's just hitting the bottom of my stomach there. And it's like 8 p.m. So you just need something to lay the foundations from which a fantastic night will be built. And this four and 20 pie hit the spot, I got to say. You know, because Saturday night dinner, it's tough because you don't want to eat not at all. But if you eat too much, you're fucked. Okay. Macca personally hasn't had, he, he honestly hasn't had dinner on a Saturday night in about two and a half years. Okay. He just won't do it. That's his policy. I need to eat something. Okay. Otherwise, I just start to sort of, you know, these vodka sodas start to talk back to me a little bit. You know what I mean? You start drinking too much on an empty stomach, all of a sudden, you know, the, vod- the vodka sodas are coming to me from a position of power and they're telling me how it is now instead of the other way around. But it's interesting, you know, classic Saturday night meals I've had recently. Uh, two weeks ago, I had seven chips. The week before that, I had one and a half slices of meat lovers pizza. The week before that, I had half a piece of garlic bread. And these are the portion sizes you're looking for if you want to achieve peak performance, okay? So, you know, you can... And I'm all for going to the pub and just nailing a palmy and six schooners. i got no problems, okay? But I think you'll find yourself to be particularly sluggish after a feed of that caliber, you know? So, and once you're sluggish, it's over. Unless one of your weird mates from over the bridge comes over with a fucking bag full of surprises, you're in trouble, okay? You're in trouble. You need to keep that pep in your step while maintaining peak performance and that's that's where the four and 20 pie just absolutely hit the spot like we've not seen before so went over the bridge nailed a pie and uh did two shows again nothing really to report because i did quite well so like i said with this podcast it almost does predicate on me sort of getting slapped in the face by life in one way or another So even though it didn't happen at the gigs, it did happen after. So here we go. So I was walking along back from my gig uh, to the, I was going to get the bus back to Manly and I'm walking along and there's all these homeless guys in this park sort of uh, in Surrey Hills and you know, the boys are kicking it and the gig I was doing, it's a cash only bar. So I never have cash on me. And so I've got a fiver in my wallet. I'm thinking, oh sweet, one of these homeless blokes will hit me up for for a bit of cash here. And I've actually got it, you know. I'm, it's it's time to freaking, it's time to pay the piper. Let's let's go. So I'm walking past this bloke, and I don't want to speak out of school, but he looked homeless as fuck to me. I thought, okay. So I'm walking past, and I'm waiting for him to say, "Hey, brother, do you have any money?" And I'm pumped up because I finally do. And so I'm I'm ravenous for this interaction, and he doesn't he doesn't say anything. <laughs> And I'm looking at him and I'm walking past and I'm, I'm looking at, I'm giving him generous eyes. I thought I'm giving him like, dude, I've got cash on me eyes. I don't know what that expression would look like, but that's what I was attempting to portray. So, so he doesn't say anything. And now at this point, I'm kind of past him almost. I'm like, where horizontal, I go, I'm even, I'm going to my wall. I've got a hand on my wallet sort of gesturing. I'm like, you know, I'm sort of. I'm like, oh, does anyone want any? <laughs> Nothing. This guy is a he must be the richest homeless man I've ever seen. I don't know if someone was coming through dropping off 50s just ahead of me, but my God. So 
So I just thought, well, fuck, I'll just give this guy a fiver. I don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? So I said, mate, I got a fiver on me. Did you want it? I don't know. If that, so that's what I said. And he said, yeah, brother, I appreciate that. So I chuck him a fiver. And I'm thinking, was that bloke even homeless? Or have I just given some, some absolute sesh gremlin an extra fiver to keep kicking on? You know, he looked. And now here's the thing. I'm trying to do a good thing. I'm trying to give this, this homeless guy a fiver, which I did. But now I'm walking off thinking, how fucking homeless was that guy? And now I'm judging in my head, was he homeless enough to get my fiver? You know, I'm passing more homeless guys thinking this guy looks more homeless than the last guy, you know? And now this guy's like, can I have a fiver? I said, sorry, mate, I gave it to that absolute fat cat down the street. I think he's buying a tiramisu, you know? So, and then, (laughs) so then I keep walking along. And this, this next homeless guy comes up to me. He's on his feet. He's come up to me. He said, how you going, brother? I said, not too bad. And he said, has the food van already been and gone? And I'm thinking, fuck, so now I look homeless. Is that what we're doing now? Okay, so I don't know if this bloke's homeless or not, but now this guy's looked at me and thought, fuck, here's one of the boys. This guy will know if the food van's been or gone. So I'm thinking, what is going on around here? I said, mate, I, I don't know, but I'll tell you who will know. And I pointed to the guy who I just gave that fiver to. So, Godspeed. I hope, I hope maybe he split it with him or something. But I tell you what, could not get a read on these homeless guys to save my life. And uh, yeah, so I gave him the fiver. I hope he wasn't an undercover entrepreneur or something. But, but yeah, God. I've, I, you would think it would be pretty hard to stuff up giving a homeless man money. But in comes Billy Darcy once again. <laughs> I'm going to be the biggest fucking weirdo on planet Earth. So I go back to Manly, back to the pub, pick up Macca in an Uber. Macca gets in an Uber with a bottle of soda water filled up with tequila and nothing else. So his intentions are clear. We swig, we swig that away, head to the pub, meet up with Adzi and his, and his lovely girlfriend. And bloody, the good times are rolling. I'm very happy to speak out of school that we were having some fun at the pub. And here's the thing. So, oh, yeah, we we're doing truth or dare for whatever reason. I'm fine with it. And I got dared to, like, speak to these, like, 90-year-old women. I've never seen older women. And this is, like, 1230 at night. So, fair play to these women. They were absolutely just the ticker on these old gals was sensational. But... I tell you what, that was my dare to go and talk to these like 90-year-old women. But I got off so easy because these gals were just two of the loveliest gals I've ever met. So I chatted to them for about 10 minutes. That was less of a dare, more of a reward, I think. They were just absolutely lovely. And then so Macca was up next and uh, Adzi's girlfriend goes, oh, go talk to those those two sort of milfy chicks over there, you know. And then so Macca heads over. And then here's the thing. I wasn't personally dared to do it, but I, you know, I take camaraderie extremely seriously. So Mac is over there with two birds. I think he, he needs a bit of a hand here. Let me head over. Not that he needs a hand, but you know, do the maths. And so I think Macca at this point has been at the table with these girls who turn out to be Irish once I get there, which did rev me up quite a bit. Love Irish birds. And I think Macca has been at the table for about 17 seconds before I arrive. So I say, hey, I'm Macca's mate, I'm Billy, how you going? 
rah, rah, rah. She goes, I'm from, I'm from, I'm from Ireland, specifically Dublin. I'm thinking, well, this is, this is perfect because me and Maka have been to Dublin and we went together. So this is fantastic. So I said, oh yeah, me and Maka have been to Dublin. And she goes, yeah. She goes, so did Maka really study at Trinity College? And I go, what? <laughs> and she goes, your friend, your friend Michael here, he studied at Trinity College, he just said. And I'm thinking, it's like a car crash when everything slows down. I think, for fuck's sake, Macca, you are the greediest man I've ever come across. I'd like to remind everyone of the incident a few weeks ago where he said he was a fireman slash artist slash, slash part-time lifeguard. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy gets greedy out there because the thing with Macca is he's already an absolute catch. The guy's actually an artist. He's about six foot seven and he'll beat your dad up, okay? So there's no need for this bloke to lie, <laughs> which is why I love it. So, so I'm thinking, Maka, you, you greedy son of a bitch. You've been at this table for all of 17 seconds. And uh, so I go, <laughs> she goes, so your friend studied at Trinity College. And so obviously now I'm in on the lie. I know the drill. So I'm like, fuck, all right. I go, yeah, why do you think I was in Dublin? I was visiting him. So now I'm in on this fucking, on this Trinity College thing and she's asking me about the curriculum or something. I said, I was just visiting, no further questions, okay? Jesus Christ. And that was an absolute train wreck. I'm not afraid to uh, put my hand up there, but we're chatting to these girls for about, I don't know, 15 minutes or whatever. My one was pretty cool, to be honest. Like, not that we particularly hit it off, but... They were like 41 as well. I should I should probably add in for context. I was thinking, get me back to the old gals. My God, those women had some banter, you know? But uh, the, so the Irish bird said, all right, we're actually heading off. We'll, we'll see you guys later. And then we were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We'll catch you later. And then like 10 minutes later, I went to the bar and just saw them in the beer garden with other blokes. So we were significantly mugged. Um, it's a strikeout city. Macca has got to be Pelican of the Week for that. I mean, this is just... Just to go in on a lie so quickly, I think that was the funniest part for me. But my God, when me and Macca were like 21, we used to tell girls, Macca used to say he was a chippy from Byron and I was a dolphin trainer from the Gold Coast. So we've got history with these sort of shenanigans. And um, and yeah. <laughs> oh God, what an absolute trade wreck. <laughs> okay, so that is the yarns wrapped up for this week. I'd like to just hop into a couple of topics, if I may, if I may proceed with your with your permission. Uh, so I'd like to jump in on this Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West thing, dude. Because we had over the weekend, Kanye was texting Pete Davidson, who's dating Kanye's ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, providing context for some of the country blokes who listen to this pod. And Kanye West said, what are you doing right now? Or where are you right now? And Pete Davidson texts back a photo said, I'm in bed with your wife. Which is a slam dunk across, I don't care what language you speak, I don't care what sexuality you subscribe to, I don't care what side of the bed you fucking sleep on, dude. That's a slam, okay? That is an absolute slam. So, I love this whole Pete Kanye West thing because Pete Davidson... Him, Pete Davidson is the coolest guy on the planet, okay? 
I don't care what anyone says. This guy, he's a touring stand-up comedian who's also on SNL and is like one of the main, you know, characters or whatever you call them, actors on SNL. And he just knocks over the hottest chicks on the planet routinely. I mean, this guy is so fucking cool. And this is a blow for stand-ups everywhere, dude. Most stand-ups, their girlfriends are fucking HR reps. This guy is getting it done. I love it, okay? He's, he's putting stand-up comedians on the map as far as I'm concerned. You know, Pete Davidson has opened... I'll be standing on Pete Davidson's shoulders. Me and Sophie Monk falling in love late 2022. I'll be on the cover of Woman's Day, you know, all off the back of the work that Pete Davidson is doing right now, okay? Love Pete Davidson. So I find this beef so funny because you could tell for the most part Pete Davidson wasn't really interested in it at all. Like, here's the thing. If you're going to get in beef with a guy who's banging your wife, you better bring the heat. Because he's got that that whole I'm banging your wife thing ready to go, as we saw in that text exchange. Okay? If I, if some guy is having a go at me personally, and I'm I'm at that time banging his wife, I reckon you've got maybe 0. 0.7 of a second before I immediately bring that up. Okay? Some guy some guy's giving me grief and I'm sleeping with his wife. He goes, Hey Billy, and uh I am banging your wife. Fuck off. Okay, I don't even let you start. Bring the heat, okay? Because I'm going straight to the well. All right, I'm not afraid. I'm not above it. I'm not, you know, I'm not taking the high road. I will look look you in the eye, and just give you the business, brother. Okay. So Kanye West, if you're gonna have a go at Pete Davidson, you better fucking you better make it count because the bloke's got the high ground. So it's interesting. I personally would absolutely love to have beef with Kanye West because he's one of the most famous people on the planet, but he also has zero bands and takes everything to heart. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's got to be the perfect storm of someone to talk shit about, okay? He's so famous, so everything you, everything you say is getting in the news. You're boosting your own profile, you know, doing a bit of PR, I'll be texting Kanye West my tour dates. I'd say, post this screenshot, you dumb fuck. You know? <laughs> fuck, I need to sell some tickets in Wollongong, Kanye, you bitch. Okay? <laughs> Jump on an Instagram story about that. <laughs> but the best thing is, dude, Kanye West, he's got zero chat. The guy is not funny in any way, shape, or form. He is not witty. And, and I'm. you don't have to be. Like, I'm not... I'm not saying like everyone has to be the funniest person or whatever. Like the guy's the greatest musician ever. That's his thing. But I'm saying as far as getting in a bit of verbal warfare, this guy is a sitting duck because he has nothing to throw at you. And then also, if you say anything about this guy, you're going to keep him up for days, okay? You say, Kanye, your, your hair looks shit today. He's not sleeping that night. He's just looking in a mirror, furious, okay? He's going on Twitter posting posting all sorts of shit about you, going on a tirade, you know. The guy is just fragile as it comes. And he's also one of the most famous slash coolest people on the planet. I mean, what a combo. Traditionally, when people are this cool, it means like, you know, they're, they're pretty rock solid as a person and they'd be hard to talk shit about. But Kanye West is simultaneously the coolest person in the world while also being the biggest bitch in the world it's unbelievable it's a combination we've not seen before 
And I, I would love it. I would just absolutely love it. And Kanye West took Pete Davidson seriously. Like if I was Kanye West, I'd think I'm not even addressing this. I'm knocking over Julia Fox. I'm still Kanye West. Whatever. Also, you've got children with this woman, you know, maybe don't, <laughs> maybe don't make a big deal out of it. But that's the best thing about Kanye West. <laughs> He's straight onto Twitter going, fuck Pete Davidson, I'm going to kill this guy. And once you've taken it that seriously, you've shown your hand, mate. It's over, you know? And Pete Davidson is a goofball stoner, okay? Very hard to get into a war of words with a goofball stoner at the best of times because they don't take anything seriously, least of all themselves, you know? But then you throw in the mix that this guy's also freaking doing a bit of boot scooting with, with the love of your life. I mean, dude, you're in trouble. Okay, you're in trouble. <laughs> so fair play to Pete Davidson. I think that guy is absolutely killing it. I think he's winning the war. And here's the thing, dude. Do you honestly think Pete Davidson intends to marry Kim Kardashian? You know, I don't want to speak I don't want to speak ill of Pete and his intentions. But the guy's had about 74 girlfriends in 4 years. None of which have previously been 41 years old with with two kids whose stepfather has threatened to murder him. You know, the off-ramp is there whenever Pete wants it, okay? You know, this guy, he's just... So, <laughs> I think what's going to happen is Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson will just split up in a couple of months. And then you just have this thing where Kanye West, it just sort of... <laughs> just have this huge go at Pete Davidson. It'll just disappear, you know? Kim will date someone new. Pete Davidson will be on to the next. Kanye West will release Donda 27. But that's kind of the best thing about Kanye West. If he was a better person, well, not even a better person. I don't know if he's a bad guy. Kind of seems like it at times. But if he was more chill, we don't get any of this stuff, dude. If Kanye West was like a chill guy with a bit of perspective, we don't get any of this hilarious stuff. You know? When he went on the Joe Rogan experience, my God, was that an experience, okay? They should have put a fucking warning on that thing. Me and Adzi watched 45 minutes of the Kanye West episode of Joe Rogan, high out of our minds, and it was fucking terrifying, dude. <laughs> that guy's got some ruse loose in the top paddock, I'll tell you that for free. So, more power to him, you know? If he wasn't so nuts, we don't get these hilarious situations that he continually finds himself in. So, so yeah, I'm going for Pete Davidson, but I'd just like to put my hand up and say that I appreciate Kanye's efforts. If he wasn't, I think it was a Sunday morning when he was texting Pete Davidson, dude. I love that. Before breakfast, just send off a bit of heat. Send off some threats, you know. Yeah, sorry, could I get, could I, could I get the, uh, the poached eggs with, with extra bacon and, uh, and, and a coffee? Could you just hold it off for five minutes? I've just got to send off some threats and then I'll be ready to start my day, you know. Hit the Lord's Day with some pace, you know. A couple of death threats before breakfast. Let's fucking go, you know. <laughs> So yeah, unbelievable. Anyway, I've got a couple of fun fears and then I want to briefly talk about Australia versus Pakistan and I am going to make a concerted effort not to repeat myself from the last podcast regarding the cricket because we have found ourselves in a similar position. But anyway, so we've got some fun fears. These were sent in a couple of weeks ago. So this is a big one. So when you're showing someone something on the computer, maybe you're training someone 
or or something like that and it just doesn't load and you're like yeah so you just click through here and then it's loading for like four minutes and then you're just like i swear to god time slows down to a pace we have not seen before because you're thinking do i want to jump in on some conversation here because this thing could pop up at any moment it's like a ticking time bomb when this page is going to load so you know you don't want to jump in on like russia versus ukraine and then the page pops up and it's like oops sorry for bringing up war i didn't realize the page was going to pop up you know but then if you go in on something that doesn't go long enough you go oh geez it's raining a lot a lot recently they go yeah it is and then the page is still not loading now it's like, I mean, can you just feel that in your bones? I mean, Jesus Christ, there's absolutely nothing worse. And my job is well, all like, and my job, sometimes I'll call up someone and they're like, send me an email and people do this. They say, yeah, cool. I'll just stay on the phone and make sure you get the email. And it's like, honestly, I'll just call you back if I don't get it. Okay. Because now I'm on the phone with a complete stranger. Business has been taken care of. The, the transaction is over. I, you are sending me the information I require. Okay? There is no need for me to sit on the phone for an extra six minutes. You know, I don't know what the go is with emails. I swear to God, emails are completely instant unless you are in a social situation with a complete stranger, in which case they send, they send over the fucking email via messenger pigeon or something. You know, I'm on the phone with a guy from Telstra for fucking 12 minutes waiting for this email to come through with a one-page PDF. I mean, Jesus Christ, boost your Wi-Fi, mate. Now I'm hearing about this bloke's four kids waiting for this email. I'm thinking, fuck, I'm getting to know this bloke on a deeper level. And it's like, mate, please, please hang up the phone. I'll do anything. (laughs) I'll do absolutely anything for you to hang up the phone. My friend Maddie at work, actually, she's a bit of a gangster about it. She goes... I would never have the confidence to pull this off. Like, I, I have a lot of confidence, but in specific situations, okay? In like serious situations, I'm useless. So my friend Maddie, she goes, if, if they say, I'll, I'll stay on the line until you receive the email, she goes, okay, I'm just going to continue working until it gets here. And then she just returns to working at the computer with this guy just on the line, sitting there in complete silence. And this bloke's got no other work to do. You know, he's committed to this email. That's his job, you know? So Maddie goes, no, you're not taking any more of my time, brother, okay? You're, I'm on the clock, but not me. I'm asking about this guy's uncle. I'm asking about the weather where he is, you know? I'm asking for his opinion on Russia, Ukraine. He's pro-Russia. All of a sudden, now I'm in, I'm in on this conversation with a known commie, and it's just like, Jesus Christ, you know? Terrible. Anytime a page won't load or an email won't send is just excruciating, I think. <laughs> and then, uh, so, oh yeah, this is a good one. Another send in, when you see your ex, uh, ex-partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, or what have you, and you're in your work uniform, you know, I actually like wearing work uniforms because you never have to worry about what to wear, but, but it's very hard to command authority in a Woolies polo. You know, you see the ex misses. You want to give her the give her the business a little bit. How you going, yum? Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking thriving. You know, she's like, oh yeah, it looks like you're doing really well. And you go, yeah, I'm I'm doing great. Okay, ever since we broke up, it's just been from one win to another, 
for yours truly. Meanwhile, it says 20% off all figs on your fucking name tag. <laughs> Very hard to command authority in a work uniform. Okay, in any form of polo, I would I would argue. You know? It's like, yeah, I'm doing heaps of stuff. Um, but right now, I actually have to get back. I only get 10 minutes for my coffee break. So, yeah, yeah. But don't worry. I'm doing better than you. Trust me. Okay? Your manager comes out. It's like, Darcy, get the fuck back in here. And you're like, sorry, Steve. And he's like, call me Mr. Thompson. Sorry, Mr. Thompson. And your ex-girlfriend's just looking at you going... I made the right call. I mean, look at this guy running running back to the fresh food section. You know, I should be dating Mr. Thompson, not Billy. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's a big one, dude. I would say uh, seeing your ex-girlfriend in your work uniform, that's shocking. I would, say, I would say seeing anyone you want to think who you want them to think you're cool. You know, I used to rock around in a Westfield polo five days a week. And, and, you know, everyone goes to Westfield. So I'm seeing friends, family, ex-lovers, you know, the whole deal in this high-vis polo. It's very, very hard to, to maintain your fucking cool. You know, the shoulders aren't back. I'm, I'm slumped over. I'm apologizing for whatever, you know. I recommend there's a sale on in cotton on and then I walk off, okay? It's very uncomfortable when you're in your work uniform unless, unless you've got some fucking cool job. You know, if you're a tradie, obviously, I don't think that's a, like really a uniform. And tradies get the ladies. Everyone knows that. So, so yeah, I totally agree with that one as well. Very difficult. But anyway, let me briefly talk about the cricket and then I'll be out of your hair. That's a threat. So, obviously, I carried on a fair bit last week about the pitch conditions. And I'd just like to clarify, when I say the pitch should have something in it, you know, I understand that in Pakistan, they don't have the same, the same climate we do. But just, I'd much rather them just prepare a raging turner and have both teams bowled out in four days with Nathan Lyon taking a million instead of these flat, absolutely nonsense wickets. But I don't want to repeat myself. Usman Khawaja is currently averaging 150 in this series. Holy shit, was I right about Uzi. This guy is just an absolute fucking weapon. I told you, he got 160 in the first innings, 44 not out in the second. Now, I should say I am recording this on Wednesday, whatever the date is, I think the 16th of March. So it's only up to day four. This will come out tomorrow and, you know, time will tell. Maybe it'll be a thrilling day five and there'll be no need to talk shit about the Pakistan conditions. The Pakistan Cricket Board came out and said they prepared that terrible pitch on purpose. Uh, due to suit to suit their own team, you know, which is fair enough to a degree. I do think you have a responsibility to the fans, mate. I mean, come on, what about the punters in the bleachers? We want to see some cricket, you know, not this lawn bowls garbage. But, but yeah, I tell you what. So they batted on on day four for a bit of the first session. They got to two for eighty one overnight, and the next morning they batted to two for ninety seven which seems pointless. I mean, do you need a lead of 485 or 500? Let's be honest, if you can't defend 485, you're not going to defend 500. So I saw a lot of negative comments online about the about not enforcing the follow-on. I don't mind it. You know, it's about 55 million degrees over there. Give the bowlers a break. 
Um, you know, I probably would have just, yeah, I don't know. Time will tell. This declaration, if because Pakistan are currently two for 192 and Babar Azam is 100 not out. So if they bat all day and either win or save this test match, Pat Cummins, I think, will probably be absolutely molested by the Australian media. And I dare say Pat Cummins is almost not on the outer because he's so good looking. You could never, you know, you try to you try to get angry at Pat Cummins, but then you just feel yourself smiling, you know? His eyes are so goddamn blue, you can't stay cross at him. But yeah, you know, he's got a bit of work to do, old Paddy Cummins. And this declaration, you know, time will tell. I I don't mind it. Really, I don't mind it. Take the last session off to give the bowlers a rest. I would have maybe just gone out there and hit like 100 in like 10 overs because they didn't go absolutely nuts. You know, Uzi got 44 off about 70 balls. And I would have gone absolutely nuts for like 15 overs and then had another five overs at them uh, on duh, 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 on at the end of day three. So I would have gone out and batted for like 45 an hour and then I would have had another five overs at them at the end of day three. And then if, if they can bat the next two days, fair play. But I think using up the first session of day four, a bit of it for not really... For an extra 15 runs, it sort of burned an hour. Probably not the best thing, but at the same time, if we bowl them out today, it's all good. So, I don't know. We'll have to see. You'll, you'll know the result by the time this comes out. But I think Pat Cummins will be absolutely praying for wickets, you know? Praying for those wickets. I don't even know if there's another test match in this series. I personally hope there isn't. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if this is... I honestly have no idea if there's another test match or not, but don't really care. I hope we can bowl them out. The problem is, you know, the the pitch, these pitches are turning a bit, but they're turning slow. These pitches, they're just so slow. So maybe Mitch Swepson turns up and gets Pfeiffer and, and the boys carry him off. That would be fucking sick. But we'll have to see. I think Pat Cummins, this is a big moment for Pat Cummins. I honestly think that. If they bowl Pakistan out today, everyone will be on the Pat Cummins train massively. If And the other thing is, if Pakistan bat the first two sessions, let's say they're five down, I personally think they'll just shit themselves and play for the draw. Even if they're three down, I don't think they'll go for the win. I think Pakistan are so negative in their intentions that they honestly, whether there's two or three or four test matches, if they drew every single one, I think they would take that as a win. That just seems to be, from some of the statements made, Imam Al-Haq, the opening batsman, he said that there was nothing wrong with creating a pitch for to suit the home team. And it's like, yeah, of course you think that. You got 100 in both innings, you piece of shit, okay? On the flattest deck ever. He's like, yeah, I had no problem with the pitch. I didn't really see an issue, to be honest. You, I don't see... Why everyone's blowing up. He's got like the man of the match trophy and like a $5,000 check in the other hand. He's like, I personally thought the pitch played pretty well. What's uh?" (laughs) So yeah, I think they'll just go for the draw. I personally think, let me predict. Okay, this will be a live prediction. I honestly think Pakistan, it'll be a draw, but I think we'll get them like eight down and it'll be a bit thrilling. 
and Pat Cummins will probably get panned for the declaration, or sorry, not enforcing the follow-on, even though I, I personally didn't really mind it. I mean, if you can't bowl a team out in a day and two and a half sessions, are you ever going to bowl them out? At what point do you just say this is ridiculous? Is Pat Cummins expected to declare with two and a half days to go? You know, is that where we're really at with this with this series and these this pitch? So, I didn't particularly mind it, but I think, yeah, I think we get them seven or eight down. I think maybe there's a bit of exciting cricket at the end of the day with everyone around them bad, but I think it'll be a draw. So, we'll see how that prediction pans out. But otherwise, uh, come to my East Coast shows and all the ticket links are in my bio on Instagram. And yeah, come along, dude. The show's going to be so sick. I'm pumped. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Wait too long, wait too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone.